This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day and welcome to episode 30 of AFF On Air. It's Saturday the 22nd of February 2020 and I'm your host Matt Graham. In today's episode, my guest is travel agent and friend of the podcast, Alan Lamb, who joins me to talk about the current Qantas double status credits offer, as well as recent changes to Finnair's around the world fares and more. But first, here's what's making news in the world of airlines and frequent flyer points this fortnight. First up, Alaska Airlines has announced that it will join the One World Alliance in 2021. Based in Seattle, Alaska Airlines has a strong network on the US West Coast and flies many routes to Hawaii and Alaska, but it is primarily a short-haul airline flying almost exclusively within the United States, except for a few routes to Canada, Mexico and and Costa Rica. The airline merged with Virgin America back in 2017. There is, of course, already a One World Airline in the United States, which is American Airlines. American Airlines will remain a One World member and will in fact expand its partnership with Alaska Airlines American will also launch a new route from Seattle to Bangalore later this year and from Seattle to London next year in partnership with Alaskan. Alaska Airlines and American Airlines are both Qantas frequent flyer partners, uh, but once Alaska Airlines becomes a One World member, which should happen in around the middle of 2021, you will be able to earn Qantas status credits on all Alaska Airlines flights as well as accessing One World status benefits. Meanwhile, Royal Air Maroc is still poised to join One World at the beginning of April this year, and Latam Airlines is on track still to leave the One World Alliance on the 1st of May this year. However, Qantas says that you will continue to be able to earn status credits for Latam flights taken until the end of September this year. In addition, Qantas has told Australian Frequent Flyer that, and I quote, as a Qantas Frequent Flyer airline partner, members will still continue to earn uh, to benefit from top tier recognition, reciprocal lounge access, priority boarding and priority check-in, and earn Qantas points and flight re- and to take advantage of flight redemptions on LATAM flights. And uh, this will happen even after LATAM leaves the One World Alliance. So that's good news for Qantas Frequent Flyer members. Qantas has announced several new regional routes over the past few weeks, which will be operated by its subsidiary Qantas Link. Qantas Link will soon fly from Sydney to Ballina, as well as Sydney to Orange, New South Wales, and it will also increase flights from Adelaide to Kangaroo Island. But Regional Express, which currently flies all three of these routes, has complained to the ACCC and to the media that Qantas is abusing its market power to push it out of places like Kangaroo Island and Ballina. Rex claims that it simply can't compete with Qantas and will soon withdraw completely from those two aforementioned destinations. Qantas strongly refutes these claims, saying that Rex has a track record of throwing tantrums. Qantas Link has announced a slew of new regional routes in recent months, uh, and there could still be a few more to come as it receives 5-8 Q300 aircraft back from Jetstar in New Zealand. Rex's complaints are similar to those of Strategic Airlines, which later became Air Australia and went bankrupt, um, against Qantas back in 2011. Strategic Airlines complained at the time to the ACCC that Qantas was abusing its market power by dumping excess capacity and engaging in predatory pricing on the Brisbane to Gladstone route. In response to Strategic launching flights to Gladstone, Qantas at the time added more flights and slashed fares to $59 one way. Strategic then withdrew from the route several months later, citing aggressive competitor activity. 
Meanwhile, Qantas and Jetstar will reduce services to Asia until at least the end of May as the Qantas group grapples with weak demand caused by the coronavirus outbreak. As a flow-on effect, Qantas and Jetstar will also cut trans-Tasman flights to New Zealand until the end of June, as well as domestic flights within Australia. Qantas flights to Shanghai, Hong Kong and Singapore are affected, as are Jetstar flights to Tokyo, Osaka and Phuket. Some Qantas flights between Sydney and Auckland, Melbourne and Auckland and Brisbane and Christchurch have also been cancelled, and some remaining trans-Tasman flights have been downgraded from Airbus A330s to smaller Boeing 737s. Cathay Pacific has also significantly cut services between Australia and Hong Kong until the east of, at least the end of March, and this could be extended. And Singapore Airlines too has reduced frequencies until, at this stage, the end of May uh, on some routes to Australia and other destinations around the world. And China Southern has also just announced further cancellations to Australia until at least June, with flights from Guangzhou to Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth all being cancelled completely until at least June. And in more bad news, South African Airways will cut many of its international destinations and all of its domestic routes except for one starting from the beginning of March. The airline's flight from Perth to Johannesburg is safe for now, but there will be a schedule change from the 1st of March. Instead of operating overnight, South African Airways Flight 281 uh, from Perth to Johannesburg will now depart Perth at 2.30 in the afternoon and arrive in Johannesburg at 7.15 in the evening. South African Airways, uh, which has been already facing financial difficulties for years, has been placed into business rescue since December 2018. The business rescue team has defended the route cuts uh, and the many other flight cancellations that have been made in the recent months as being necessary to conserve cash and make the business sustainable. South African Airways destinations that have been cut include Hong Kong, Guangzhou, Sao Paulo, Munich, Luanda, Entebbe, Abidja, Ndola, Port Elizabeth, East London, and Durban. Meanwhile, Air Italy plans to cease operations next week after being placed into liquidation last week. Air Italy, based in Milan, was 49% owned by Qatar Airways. And meanwhile, Atlas Global Airlines, based in Turkey, has also filed for bankruptcy this week. Well, that's it for the bad news for this fortnight. For more regular news, updates, and deals, uh, do subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow us on Facebook. And after this very short break, I'll be joined by Alan Lamb. Are you new to the world of Frequent Flyer Points? Or perhaps you'd like some help to ensure you're getting the most possible value when earning and redeeming points. Did you know that I offer a personal consultation service through our sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions? Over a one-on-one -on -one Skype or phone call, I can help you to devise your own personal points plan and get more out of your travels. I can also assist you with personalised advice on how to achieve top-tier airline status, how to save money on flights, or just about anything else relating to travel and frequent flyer programs. The advice is tailored entirely to your personal needs and questions, and you'll also receive a full recording of the call. The personal consultation service is available for a fee to premium economy and business class members of Frequent Flyer Solutions, and it's complimentary for first class members. For more information, visit frequentflyer.com.au or just Google Frequent Flyer Solutions.
Well, last Thursday, Qantas uh, surprised a lot of people by announcing a brand new double status credits offer. And um, we thought that these might have been gone, but no, uh, travel demand is weak, so the offers are back. And this particular double status credit offer is available until uh, the 25th of February, which is next Tuesday. And it covers bookings for travel between the 28th of February this year and the 14th of February in 2021. Now, to take advantage of the offer, you do need to register on the Qantas website um, and uh, include your Qantas frequent flyer number when you book. And the offer covers travel on any Qantas-operated flights worldwide, as long as you've got a Qantas flight number, so a QF flight number on your ticket. Um, it's a it's a very uh, interesting offer. If obviously it makes it a little bit easier to attain uh, a higher status tier, or makes it a bit easier to renew your current Qantas status tier. Um, and so to talk about this offer, uh, joining me once again on the podcast is uh, is friend of the podcast Alan Lamb, who is also known as Mad Rooster, and he's a travel agent at Netwave Travel. Welcome back to the podcast, Alan. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, so. Alan, the um, the Qantas double status credit offer, it's an interesting offer for anyone that's, uh, yeah, a Qantas frequent flyer member and wants to uh, make it a bit easier to to uh, get up to a higher status tier. Now, um, some of our listeners might already be aware, I put out an article and I've linked it in the episode notes. Um, it's called The Ultimate Guide to Qantas Double Status Runs. And there's about 50 status runs there that are all bookable on the Qantas website that um, people can use to uh, earn status credits at the lowest possible cost. Alan, the first run on there, it earns status credits at a rate of $2.36 per status credit. So the fare is $1,321 for a round trip, and it earns 560 status credits with the double status credits offer, and that's from the Gold Coast to Auckland uh, via Melbourne. And there's quite a few other trans-Tasman runs on there. So I guess for starters, um, if someone's looking at doing one of these trans-Tasman runs, um, is there anything in particular that they should be um, thinking about? Uh, some considerations to do with um, status runs, you know, people need to consider, um, you know, if you don't live in the city that the ticket starts from, you need to consider things like positioning costs, um, overnighting costs en route, um, or, you know, are you able to turn around um, at the destination immediately and then fly straight back? Um, New Zealand, unfortunately, doesn't get a lot of international transit traffic um, outside of Auckland, and so Wellington, Christchurch, and Queenstown aren't aren't such great, great destinations for simply doing a, a straight turnaround, mainly because the aircraft only stays in New Zealand for, you know, maybe an, an hour, two hours uh, at tops. And, you know, you have to clear immigration in New Zealand and um, come back in, clear security, clear outbound immigration again and so forth and clear security as well. Um, so the need to do that may affect uh, what status runs may be viable. You know, uh, as Matt mentioned, uh, the Gold Coast via Melbourne to Auckland run is uh is definitely a good run and uh, as per matt's article on australian frequent flyer um he has a arrival time of 12 30 a.m in the morning now yes that's not a same day turnaround 12, <laughs> no that is definitely not a same day turnaround but um you know if you were considering to come straight back um an arrival at 12 30 a.m would probably mean that you'd want a hotel and so um you know the cost of a hotel and uh, at auckland airport may be something that you need to consider now i know there's an ibis budget at auckland airport which is usually quite cheap, you know, under $100 a night. Um, but, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes you may want something a bit closer to the terminal. Uh, and, you know, the Novotel that's across the road from the international terminal at Auckland may, you know, be $200, $300 a night. Um, and so these are costs that need to be considered in your total status run 
uh, costings because you know three hundred dollars um, against a ticket cost of one thousand three hundred twenty-one dollars is quite a significant portion. Um, on top of that, you know, if you know, if you don't live on the Gold Coast, like for example, if you live in Sydney or Melbourne or Cairns or you know, Perth, for, for argument's sake, you know, you'd have to consider the cost and positioning to the Gold Coast as well. Um, a typical return fare on Jetstar, you know, from Sydney might you know might only be $150, but you know if you're further afield, uh, like from Cairns, for example, you know you could be looking at $200, $300, $400 even, even on Jetstar, let alone Qantas, uh, to get to the Gold Coast. Yeah, and that's a really good point. I mean, the 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 when we're looking at these status runs, like we've calculated purely the price of the airfare and the amount of status credits being earned, but the airfare is not the only cost. You've also got, as you say, the hotels and positioning costs. Um, now, on on the list, there are, as I said, quite a few Trans-Tasman runs, which are, are very good status credit earners, like the Gold Coast to Melbourne to, uh, to Auckland is, is a very good one, being 60 status credits in business class. This is this is all in business class, I should add. Um, and then yes. Mel- Melbourne to Auckland earns 80 status credits each way. So with obviously with a turn trip and then double status credits, it definitely adds up. Then we've got things like Adelaide, Brisbane, Christchurch is the second one that earns uh, 560 status credits at a cost of just under $1,500. Uh, Canberra, mm-hmm. Melbourne, Auckland, Canberra, Melbourne, Christchurch as well are all on there. And there's a few to Wellington as well. Uh, yes. Now, if, if someone wants to avoid like the overnight costs in, in New Zealand, uh, you know, the hotel costs, is it is it actually possible to do a same-day turnaround uh, uh, going to Auckland, Christchurch or Wellington? Uh, Auckland probably might be possible depending on what your origin is. Um, Christchurch and Wellington, however, generally not because the flights that uh, tend to be um, tend to arrive late in the day are the ones that usually that make sense when you're trying to get um, building building as many domestics as you can during the day. So if you happen to start your run in the morning at say uh, 7 a.m., you know it'd be impossible for you to go and do one or two domestic flights before the international flight to New Zealand um, before say a 9 a.m. flight to New Zealand. Yeah, it's just it's just simply not possible. Mm. Um, and for some of these destinations like Christchurch and Wellington, they may only be two flights a day. And so there'll be one in the morning around you know, 9 or 10 a.m. maybe, possibly even earlier. Um, or it'd be the evening flight, which might leave at, say, 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Yeah, and they always and, seem uh, to arrive at about midnight. Correct. Um, and these flights are generally aimed at uh, business travelers who you know come over from New Zealand for the day and then fly straight mm. back home. Um you know, for meetings and things like that, and so those those evening flights are time to be fairly um, fairly late in the day, um, which is great great from the perspective of uh, doing you know uh, doing one or two domestic flights before heading over to New Zealand, but terrible from the perspective of having to um, be forced to overnight in New Zealand, and unfortunately with Christchurch and Wellington, um, you also can't do a same day. Well, you can't do an easy turn, instant turnaround anyway because of the fact that um, the international transit facilities there are uh, pretty lackluster, unlike Auckland. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, of, of course, if you want to actually visit New Zealand, um, if you're time poor and you just if you just purely want status credits for the lowest cost, I mean, the same day turnaround is one way to do that. If if, if you find a routing that that works for, um, obviously you'd want to allow a few hours in between flights. But um, of course, you can take the opportunity to make you know to have a holiday in New Zealand and spend a few days there. That's what I would personally do. Um, now, it's it's also worth noting the most of these good status credit runs uh, are not direct flights. They're mostly uh, itineraries that have a connection, like a domestic connection or even a couple of connections. Um, Brisbane to Christchurch is probably an exception to that. That's quite a good earner just as a as a one way or a return business class fare. But um, it is it is worth pointing out that yeah, you you should be looking at probably you know one or two domestic connections 
to um, to really maximize this and with the Dempasar run. Now, Qantas business class between Australia and Dempasar is is relatively affordable for the amount of um, status credits being earned. Um, do you want to take us through some of those runs, Alan? Um, some of the better runs for Bali, obviously, uh, have to start from uh, you know, Australian ports that don't, don't have a non-stop service to uh, Dempasar. So given that Qantas runs flights out of Melbourne and Sydney, uh, if you look at fares for Melbourne um, and Sydney to uh, Dempasar, generally those fares only allow you to take non-stop flight. Uh, sometimes if you're lucky, uh, Qantas does let you do, say, Melbourne, Sydney, Dempasar, but you know, again, earning on that is not um, as good as it could be. For example, if you went to, say, Canberra, where you can go Canberra to Sydney, to Melbourne, then to Dempasar, uh, earning a um, quite a hefty amount of status, uh, status credits um, with 800 status credits if you can factor in the double status credits. Right, for not, for not too much extra cost then over just taking the direct flight from Sydney, right? Correct. Uh, the direct flight tends to be, on average, maybe about $1,800, $2,000 for a turn. Um, mm. But from Canberra, it's only $2,535. And so, but uh, again, you'd have to consider things like you know positioning cost to Canberra. Um, obviously, the taxes out of Canberra Airport are also quite expensive too. Um, and so that also may play a part in what the domestic fares will cost you. Um, so you could be looking at all up, you know, uh, and considering Jetstar don't fly to Canberra, um, you could be looking at close to $3,000. Uh, if you were to uh, start from Cambridge, say compared to uh, Sydney or Melbourne, so if you if you really need the status credits, then you know, that might be a good option. But uh, if you don't need that many, then you know it's definitely not um, worth considering if it's you know if you only need say you know three hundred or four hundred status credits. Yeah, and Bali Bali is quite a good earner, particularly if you live in Brisbane, like uh, Melbourne to Denpasar via sorry Brisbane to Denpasar via Melbourne, for example, is one thousand nine hundred and sixty two dollars in business class and earns seven hundred and twenty status credits with the double status credits. But if you live in Sydney, Sydney to Denpasar via Melbourne is two thousand one hundred and sixty two dollars and earns six hundred and forty status credits. So uh, Br- Brisbane's quite a good one there. Um, now is, it's probably worth pointing out also that the aircraft used on the Sydney to Denpasar and the Melbourne to Denpasar flights are not the same. That's correct. The Melbourne Denpasar uses the 737 at the moment and uh, obviously the business class on that is the same as the domestic business class. Um, However, for the uh, Sydney Denpasar, currently it's an A330 um, that does that run and so therefore the Sydney um, Denpasar route is a better route as far as um, product is concerned but I mean if you if you're simply desperate for status credits and you, you know, don't really care too much about the product and you purely want the status credits then you know may, maybe Melbourne uh, Dempasar is an option for you but for others uh, you know it, it may be worth uh, taking a few letter, a few few less status credits in order to have the better product on Sydney Dempasar. Yeah the um the overnight flight back from Dempasar is going to be pretty terrible in a, in a Boeing 737 recliner seat compared to having a life flat bed on the A330. But Qantas actually realizes this, and it looks like the fares on the Dempasar to Sydney leg are about $100 more. Do you think it's worth it? Um, I think for a six-hour flight, depending on the depending on the tower winds on the day, you know, it, it definitely is worth it. Um, it's certainly lying flat. It's certainly much better than sitting uh, in, a, in a recliner. But, I mean, if you're a person that can fall asleep on virtually anything, um, standing up or, or you know, sitting upright, then you know, maybe Denpasar Melbourne is not the worst thing for you. Okay. Yeah, I think I'd personally go pay the extra and have the bed. But uh, yeah, I guess 
it's, it depends on depends on um, depends on your priorities. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, a question that comes up quite a lot on the AFF forum because um, the the Bali status run is obviously quite popular. It's a good earner, and Bali is obviously a popular place to visit. But some people um, ask whether it's possible just to do a same day turnaround, so to fly up to Bali in the afternoon and then come straight back on the same plane. And uh, a lot of people say, oh well, it's the same plane. If the inbound's late, I'll just you know the obviously the return flight's also going to be late, so I'll be fine. Is in in reality, does it work? Uh, you couldn't possibly ticket that on one ticket, and the reason why is because the minimum connection time in um, in Bali is quite short. Uh, so the minimum connection time is uh, one hour, and uh, the actual uh, connecting time is um, is an hour and twenty minutes. So, whilst technically speaking, it could be done, you probably uh, won't be able to. Practically speaking, because of the uh, you know time it takes to get through immigration and all that, uh, all the formal. Um, requirements in indonesia so you and do the have same to clear customs right i i believe so um, from what i've been told by some of my clients uh, i haven't personally done the run i've personally not been to bali uh, but i believe the process is you do have to clear immigration uh, and clear security and go through go through check-in and all that again um you may possibly be able to get your boarding pass in sydney but i i probably i personally wouldn't recommend trying this because of the fact that the uh the turnaround is so tight um, you probably will not make it if there's any sort of queue at, at, at any point. Um, similar applies to Jakarta as well. I know there's some good fares to Jakarta, not as good as Denpasar, but uh, Jakarta has similar limitations as well where the plane turns around quite quickly. Um, and again, it's still not uh, really not worth the risk. Yeah, I, I have heard of people doing it, but it's, it's, it is definitely a risk. I mean, if you have to uh, go out of the airport and come back in, like you've only got an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, that's not including the amount of time it takes to declare immigration and to, to the board the aircraft again. I mean, it's really, really, I definitely, I would stay a night personally. Yes, I would strongly recommend that. And in fact, I uh, I, would refu- I would refuse to ticket that uh, itinerary with the same day turn in their massage for my clients, uh, simply because it's just, uh, it's a little beyond crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And another interesting run that I've, I've seen now, um, Qant- Qantas... Uh, it, it's interesting like their their status credit offer came out on thursday their last sale ended on wednesday and they haven't uh, put out any new sales out of australia i'm sure it's not a coincidence but uh interestingly they do have a sale at the moment on uh certain routes out of new zealand which obviously are via australia one of those is to south africa um do you want to take us through the um the quite good business class fare available from new zealand to cape town uh, okay, so the the New Zealand to uh, Cape Town fares are actually quite good value at the moment, um, notching in around 4.1k out of um, Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, the fares, the fare is potentially useful for Australians, um, you know, especially because the fare does allow a stopover in Sydney in both directions. Um, so if you are Sydney based, it might be it might be useful if you structure your fare as let's let's say you had a New Zealand trip before the South Africa. A trip and then a New Zealand trip afterwards. You could um, you could buy yourself a Sydney Auckland one way ticket uh, to get yourself to Auckland, come back on the start of this international ticket so Auckland Sydney and then um, stop over in Sydney for however many months, uh, and then go and then continue Sydney Johannesburg Cape Town uh, and back, uh, and then the last leg of this ticket, which is Sydney Auckland, you can uh, obviously use for a, for a later uh, New Zealand trip. Um, but doing something like that requires uh, some fair amount of forward planning. Um, you know, you would obviously need to know your dates for the uh, Auckland Sydney as well as the Sydney Auckland to avoid having to pay change fees. Because once you have to pay change fees on the Qantas International Business Class fare, um, you know, your cost goes up quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, may not uh, may not be so worth it anymore, uh, considering that 
um, Australia to Cape Town, you know, when it's on sale, often can be, say, $4,000 as well. So this is already more expensive than the Australian version, um, but can be potentially quite lucrative if you um, if you forward plan your, uh, your travel for the year quite well. Yeah, and you do, of course, get the extra 320 status credits for the Trans-Tasman links with double status credits. So that works out all right as well. That's, that's correct. Um, although, depending on what your... Uh, what your method of uh, transport is over to uh, Auckland for the uh, for the start of the uh, well the first New Zealand trip and the return from the um, from the flight back, you know, then uh, obviously you'd want to consider the uh, cost of that and whether it makes sense to do that in business or not as well. Um, most people would tend to do that in economy uh, just to keep the cost down, but you know you could possibly take a cruise over there, for example. You don't necessarily have to take a flight. That's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that actually. Hmm. I mean, yeah. well, th- there are such cruises, so... Yeah, yeah, good idea, actually. And I guess if, if you really, really want to maximise the status credits, maybe you're gunning for Platinum 1 or maybe you're trying to earn Platinum over, over a couple of years. Like, of course, if you live in the Gold Coast or Brisbane, you could also, you know, take advantage of that Gold Coast, Melbourne, Auckland run as your positioning flights and, and then nest the fare. That would be... Uh, that would really earn you a lot of status credits. Um, I just thought it was worth mentioning as well. The with that particular fare, the lead-in price is only if uh, you only get that price if you fly on South African Airways between Johannesburg and Cape Town, which is obviously not a, a Qantas frequent flyer partner and doesn't earn status credits. But if you fly British Airways between uh, Johannesburg and Cape Town, that's operated by Comair, it costs about two hundred and eighty or two hundred ninety dollars more for for the in, in total for both flights. But you do earn one hundred and twenty status credits, so that could be worthwhile. Uh, a consideration for uh, that is um, South African Airways actually doesn't charge any fuel surcharges, whereas uh, British Airways operated by Comair does. Um, and so the cost difference between the leading price versus the price with um, the British Airways flights instead is that you know, there is obviously a fuel surcharge for each of those two domestic flights within South Africa. So if you're not so desperate for the status credits, then it may make sense to simply take South African Airways. Now, I know that South African Airways at the moment is in a bit of financial strife and has been for some time. Um, and, uh, and there's a lot of travel agents who are now lo- no longer um, willing to issue South African Airways tickets. Um, because this is a Qantas issued ticket, um, it's perfectly safe to take uh, South African Airways on the fare because if they were to go bankrupt and collapse, um, Qantas would simply reroute you onto British Airways instead um, at no cost to you. Oh, really good to know, thanks. Um, and so I guess the, some of those status credits runs that we've talked about so far, they own quite a lot of status credits. So if you're really wanting to hit like platinum status, they could be useful. But if, if you're just maybe 50 or 100 status credits short of, of the next tier and you're just looking for a quick domestic run, there are also some options also outside of the big cities as well. Um, so just a few of those, just to give you some ideas, uh, um, you can fly from Launceston to Sydney via Melbourne in economy class, and it's about $172, so that works out to be $4.30 a status credit. Um, there's also Marucci Door to Melbourne via Sydney in business class. It earns 160 status credits, $761. Um, and if you live in Perth, you can even go from Perth to Broome uh, in economy class on the weekends, pick up 60 status credits for $358 return. Uh, even Bundaberg to Sydney via Brisbane is not a bad earner, $220, and earns 40 status credits um, each way. Uh, so, yeah, there are, there are also some domestic runs. If, if you want to um, uh, see the full list, I, I have linked the article in the episode notes. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Qantas Double Status Credit Runs, uh, and that should give you some ideas of, of some pretty good runs that you can book um, on your own on the Qantas website. Now, Alan, the other, another thing I wanted to talk about with you today was the uh, Finnair fare to Europe. Now, at the moment, Finnair has a sale on. I believe it's running until the 6th of March or thereabouts. 
And um, you can also um, use this use this fare in conjunction with the double status credits offer to earn quite a decent chunk of Qantas status credits as well. Um, could you take me through um, what this Finnair sale fare entails? Uh, so the Finnair sale fare is the uh, the reindeer special that uh, has come back a number of times uh, over the years, and um, yeah, this it's it's not necessarily I mean as as much as it's been called a one around the world fair around um, on the internet um, it's not necessarily around the world fair you don't have to go around the world um, but essentially there's three possible routings um, you can route via uh, Southeast Asia you can route via Northern Asia um, and you can also route via uh, the Americas to get to Europe um, essentially you can combine two any two of those um, and basically create your own uh, either quasi around the world or just a straight return um, now these fares uh, do allow a fair chunk of the travel to be on Qantas uh, operated and marketed flights and um, obviously this double status credit offer requires a Qantas operated and marketed flight absolutely yeah uh, and so, therefore, it's, it may well be a very good way to uh, earn some uh, status credits if you do have a trip in business class to Europe. Uh, considering some of these legs uh, to, you know, to and from Asia can be 120 status credits or to and from the U.S. can be up to uh, 200 status credits or even 280 status credits um, on some of the routings per minute if they can work for you. If you want to take advantage of the double status credit offer, um, so you can use Qantas Metal, I guess, for some of those flights. Um, how many status credits roughly would you be looking at earning on a, on a say, a round trip to Europe or, or around the world fare with Finnair? Uh, very, it varies uh, a lot depending on what your routing taken is, and obviously the fares vary as well depending on which routing you take. For example, the uh, Asia-Pacific routing via the Americas is definitely um, higher in cost compared to going, uh, say, via Southeast Asia. So the cheapest routing is definitely via Southeast Asia. And uh, to give you an idea of what that could possibly earn, um, you could earn um, potentially 80 status credits on a domestic leg um, within Australia, connecting to a Qantas flight uh, from the East Coast or from Perth to uh, Southeast Asia. That's 120. Uh, and then the Finnair uh, leg from Asia to Helsinki earns another 120. And potentially, depending on your destination Europe, uh, you could be earning 80 status credits um, on the flight down to wherever your European destination is. Uh, so, And that's before double status credits, right? Yes, that's correct. That's that's before double status credits. Uh, so that would possibly earn uh, 400 status credits uh, in each direction before double status credits. Um, however, uh, obviously the two Qantas flights would earn double status credits, and so that would be an extra 200 status credits uh, per direction potentially. Um, obviously, you know, if your European destination is, say, in the far south of uh, Europe, uh, where your um, Helsinki to final destination flight is more than 1,500 miles. Yeah, and obviously that being the cutoff in the in the Qantas earning chart. Um, now, if, if you're interested in, in the Finnair sale, I, there is an article as well on AFF. It's called the Finnair Business Class Sale from Australia to Europe. Again, I'll link it in the episode notes. And I've got a couple of, example of examples of fares to Europe via Southeast Asia that are currently available. Like, for example, Melbourne to Stockholm via Singapore and Helsinki is just under $5,300. And then there's... You can fly Brisbane, Melbourne, Singapore, Helsinki, Reykjavik in Iceland, and then back again for it's about $5,980. And that earns at the moment 1,120 Qantas status credits with the double status credits. So that's uh, th those are a couple of examples of, of things that are currently available. Uh, now, Alan, you mentioned just before the round-the-world fares or the quasi-round-the-world fares um, that allow you to route, for example, via North America in, in one direction and Southeast Asia in the other direction. Uh, now, those used to be um, 
uh, particularly good value, uh, although I believe Finnair has made some changes recently to how those kind of round-the-world fares work. Um, so what, what's, what's changed with those? Uh, so those fares used to be um, common rated, uh, no matter which direction you went. So if you went via the Americas uh, versus uh, Southeast Asia or North Asia, the cost was generally quite similar. Um, even though the routing via the Americas is much further and longer, um, obviously earning more status credits along the way as well. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, since the start of September last year, uh, this um, Finnair made some uh, quite uh, quite drastic changes to their fares, and so um, the um, the changes essentially mean that uh, the routing, the longer routings, uh, such as via the Americas, are now more expensive. Uh, on average, these are about um, Per direction, they're about 500, 500 maybe $600 more expensive uh, compared to, say, going by Southeast Asia, which is the cheapest routing. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately, this means that um, the fares uh, that we were previously seeing at uh, approximately um, low 5,000 to the mid 5,000s uh, via the Asia-Pacific Asia and the Americas is no longer uh, something that we'll see in future, um, purely because uh, Finnair um, previously was doing, uh, doing this low price is to simply get their name out into the Australian market. Um, that, you know, now that they've got their name out there, um, they've uh, pivoted their strategy in terms of um, trying to make a bit more money on um, on their fares. Obviously, you know, you can probably guess that uh, flights that cheap via the Americas uh, certainly wasn't going to make a lot of profit for Finnair. Right. So what's the new strategy here? Uh, the new strategy uh, seems to be at the moment, although it keeps changing, uh, is that um, Southeast Asia is their main focus, but um, they are still allowing routings via the Americas and North Asia as well, except at higher cost, mm -hmm. um, to reflect the fact that you know distance flown is further um, to sort of uh, allow for that fact. Okay. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, for the many uh, Australian frequent fly members who are waiting for this sale uh, for the sale version to come back, where um, you know you could go around the world for. Uh, five and a half K uh, or less. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to be coming back anytime soon. Okay. Um, so obviously now with, the, with these changes, it's a little bit more to fly via the Americas or North Asia, but what, what are some of the routings that are now possible still? Um, depends on what um, they've, there's also been some changes in terms of what routes are allowed um, on these fares. Um, the sale the fares now are more restrictive compared to what they used to be as well. Um, on top of being also more expensive. Okay, restrictive uh, in terms but, of dates that are available and things like that? Or? Um, the restrictions are more, well, there's a number of restrictions in play now. Um, these sale fares tend to only be offered for low season um, periods now. So um, for say like March, April, or possibly like October and November, um, high season is no longer on sale. Um, the crux of their, their strategy now is that uh, basically the, the year-round fares that are offered uh, all the time are essentially be, uh, meant to be the sale that is always on rather than um, some may remember that you know, in previous years they would bring back the sale four or five times during the year and it'd be every three, like every three weeks there'd be a sale and then there'd be one week without a sale and another three weeks with a uh, sale. Yeah. So Almost as often as the Life Miles promotions. Pretty much. Uh, so, you know, the, because they were basically putting the fare on sale so frequently, um, they've decided to simply uh, lower the, uh, since September, they've lowered the fares, um, or at least the year-round fares that are offered uh, all the time. Um, and hence why we're seeing, you know, uh, even the Stockholm fare that Matt mentioned, um, you know, is is about 5,400, 5,500 normally anyway. Um, and so these sale fares really only represent a discount of maybe about $200 on average oh, right. uh, compared to what the year-round fare would be. Okay. And can, can you route via South America? Is that allowed with these fares? 
yes, uh, a new addition to these fairs is that uh, you can now also route via South America. Um, so, uh, although Finnair doesn't fly to South uh, South America directly, uh, so if you were to go via South America, um, you would go something like Sydney to Santiago, Santiago to uh, maybe Lima, uh, Lima up to Los Angeles and Los Angeles, Helsinki, uh, and Helsinki to your final destination. Um, on the topic of routings, um, some of the other routings that are now allowed, uh, you could go, say, Sydney, Hong Kong, Hong Kong to uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Helsinki, Helsinki to um, Europe and back as well. Um, and there's a number of other routings as well that are um, possible. You know, with the, the routing list is down, actually quite extensive compared to what it used to be. However, there is a downside. Um, these um, particularly long routings are only really allowed on the D-class fares and up. And unfortunately, these D-class fares are obviously not going to be in the $5,000 range or $6,000 range. These are up in the $7,000 range. Now, if you've got a um, if you've got a trip that makes you know that where that makes sense, then you know that may be well worth it. Um, it certainly is good value if uh, for some particular instances, uh, but uh, for for simpler around the world trips where you simply want to go say to the US and Europe. And Asia and back, um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, you can go, go at a much cheaper cost, but without the um, such lengthy routings. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So a little bit more expensive than before, but still, I mean, around seven thousand dollars for around the world in business class. Um, that's still significantly cheaper than, say, a one world explore around the world fair. Um, obviously, there's not as many things that you can do, but it's it's still it's still not a bad deal. Uh, I wanted to ask. Um, you mentioned with the South America routing, you could go, for example, Sydney to Santiago and Qantas, and then Santiago Lima and up to up to North America and pick up Finnair from there. Uh, which which airlines would you use between uh, Santiago and Lima and Lima to North America? Because I know that um, Latam is leaving One World. Can you still use Latam, or is that an option, or how does that work? Yes, at the moment you can still use Latam. Uh, there's also American Airlines as well that you can possibly use. Um, although I think that's more for the east, like the south uh, east coast of South America, up to say Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is possible to, even though Latam is leaving One World, you can you can generally still keep most of the long hauls on um, on One World. Uh, you may still, you probably still will have to take a, um, a Latam flight, however, to get across uh, South America if you know you're going to say. Um, Sao Paulo and then Sao Paulo up to you know, Miami, for example. Um, obviously, there's a number of possible options, and these uh, these options also occasionally change as well. Um, since September, Finnair has definitely made, made a number of changes, um, you know, just to cor- uh, correct. Um, you know, whilst there's been some errors, they've also corrected a lot of them as well. So, you know, these changes keep happening. And whilst I say it, you know, it might be possible now, that it may not be a routing that may be permitted in future. Sure. Okay. And uh, how how can you actually book one of these fares? Uh, these fares are not bookable online uh, simply because of the complexity of them, uh, but any travel agent uh, should be able to book these for you, and these are sellable worldwide, so it doesn't have to be an Australian agent that uh, sells you one of these. Okay, good to know. And uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is obvious, obviously with uh, the coronavirus issues, there's been a lot of flight cancellations. Qantas just announced the other day it's going to be cancelling more flights to Asia or downgrading aircraft in some cases. Uh, Cathay Pacific has announced a lot of cancellations, Singapore Airlines as well, um, and they seem to keep being extended. Uh, now, Alan, as a travel agent, you've obviously had uh, quite a few clients that are impacted uh, by this. What's your experience been with that? Uh, most airlines have been reasonably flexible if there's been cancellations, uh, ge- although in general, um, airlines are pretty flexible when they uh, do actually cancel a flight. Um, most carriers usually will allow a refund, if um, a full refund, if you uh, have experienced a flight cancellation. Um, 
Some airlines are being a bit more generous than others. For example, Qantas uh, is only allowing you to cancel or change plans if your uh, ticket destination involves China uh, or mainland China specifically. Uh, Cathay Pacific, for example, however, is uh, is being a little bit more lenient. Um, if you've got travel that um, is bound for mainland China, then um, you obviously have, have the same conditions as Qantas. However, Cathay Pacific is also allowing changes if your uh, ticket only involves, say, Hong Kong. So if you've got, like, say, a Sydney, Hong Kong, uh, return, you know, um, you aren't able to cancel for free, but you are allowed to change your dates for free um, to change your trip to later in the year. Okay. Um, however, in this case, the um, uh, the fare difference uh, would apply. Would apply. However, the change uh, change fees are waived. Okay. Do you have any tips for anyone who's got a booking which has been affected by the flight cancellations? Um, if you've booked through a travel agent, talk to your travel agent. Uh, unfortunately, you can't talk to the carrier directly because they will refer you back to the, your travel agent. Uh, if you've booked directly with the airline, then uh, please get in contact with the airline to um, to uh, discuss options. Uh, you, may, you, know, you may be offered uh, the ability to refund or, or you probably will be offered the ability to refund considering it's a cancellation um, or rerouting or changing the dates and so forth, uh, depending on what your trip involves. Uh, like I know some, uh, some travelers tend to go to Asia and uh, not just go to one destination, but they may be going to multiple destinations. So they might go, for example, Sydney, Hong Kong, and they, you know, they might have some meetings in Hong Kong and then continue to uh, Bangkok for more meetings and then they might come back from uh, Bangkok. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks as always. It's, it's been really interesting to hear insights about all of those things. Alan Lamb from NetWave Travel, also known on AFF as Mad Rooster. Um, how can people uh, find you? Uh, you can find me on Australian Frequent Flyer, as Matt said, um, uh, under the username Mad Rooster. You're welcome to uh, message me directly on there, or you can also email me at alan at netwavetravel.com, and uh, that is spelled with one L, so A-L-A-N. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Matt. Well, that's it for another episode of AFF On Air. Thanks again to my guest for this episode, travel agent extraordinaire Alan Lamb, also known as Mad Rooster. And thank you uh, so much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, do check out the episode notes. You'll find links here to many of uh, many AFF threads and articles about stuff discussed in today's episode, and also to the AFF on air discussion thread. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe us uh, to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, this would, of course, help us enormously, so I would really appreciate that. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips, and tricks for Australian travellers. Until then, happy flying!